Welcome back, everybody. After a bit of a summer break, we are back with new episodes of the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Troy Bousseau. And right out of the gate, we have a conversation with an amazing runner who will be representing her home country of Mexico in the upcoming Olympics in Tokyo. Imagine yourself at 11 years old growing up in a small town about 100 miles outside of Mexico City. Every day after school, you make your way to a crowded city bus that takes you the hour-long journey solo to running practice. For eight years, you do this, winning youth championships and ultimately a full-ride scholarship to Kansas State University, where upon arrival, you know zero English, crash headlong into a whole new level of competition, deal with injuries and burnout, and ultimately set running aside to pursue a desk job. That alone would have made a great show, but in part two, we'll talk about the 180-degree turn that life threw at our guest that takes her from a Boston qualifying time in her first marathon in Seattle to uprooting her entire life and relationship to move back to her hometown and begin training again, falling flat on her face in her first test, only to break a 22-year-old record in the outdoor 1,500-meter mere months later before qualifying for the Olympics. It's an inspiring and amazing story. So if you're ready for the show, crank it up and let's go. Welcome to the Athlings Podcast. I am your host, Troy Bousseau, coming to you from the blazing hills of Colorado's Front Range. It is Monday, June 14th, 2021, and this is episode 43. How are you doing, Laura? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it is so good to have you with us here today. We have Laura Galvan, a Hoka One One athlete from Mexico. You'll be racing for Mexico, in fact, in the upcoming Olympics this summer. So you're coming off a big race yesterday, the Olympic trials for uh, for Mexico, although you had already, I think you had already qualified, correct, in the 1500? Right. Uh, I qualified in the 5K. Actually, oh, okay. oh, in the 5,000, yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think, uh, I'm not sure in the ranking for the 1,500. I think I was so very close, but for sure I'm going in the in the 5,000. Okay, perfect. Well, and you've, ha- you've had an amazing run here recently, so I'm, I'm sure uh, you'll, you'll represent your country very, very well. So um, you have such an interesting story. Um, again, you came to us from, uh, from Hoka One One and the folks over there. But as I started researching your story, we actually two episodes uh, ago, um, I think you have a, a somewhat similar story to a guest we had on. His name was Chris Eck, who basically at the at the urging of a teacher when he was very, very young, got into running sort of, you know, on a whim in a way, uh, which then led to this, you know, what is becoming a really nice career in running. And you've had a similar um a similar background. You grew up in a, a smallish town, about 200,000 people, um, Guanajuato, Mexico, which is about 100 miles northwest of Mexico City. Um, what was that like growing up in that community? Was running a big thing there? Uh, you know, I mean, Mexico, obviously, you guys have a great heritage of, of runners in the country, but was that a big thing in your community growing up? Yeah, um, it, it wasn't. And actually, it's, it's not. Uh, yet still um here in my community like you said um it's very small and people we're very uh almost like a countryside of the mm-hmm. of the city uh very small town people know each other and really running or playing sports is not something that kids uh want to do or 
are exposed to because of this of so small of the community. So it, it, it was interesting. I got into it because of my school, middle school, and I was just playing with like everyone else, uh, getting into my um, normal class. And uh, a professor uh, saw me running, I guess, and, and I don't know, uh, probably saw me something <laughs> uh, I guess I was good at. And then uh, he, when she contacted me uh, with another coach, in the city who actually had a team of uh, it was like four, probably four girls okay. uh, same my age and I just needed to travel to the city from my hometown here to go uh, to do my practices but yeah the running is not I'm trying to hopefully I want to you know um, now that I like everyone knows me kind of here uh, hopefully more kids they kind of like oh what's running what's yeah. going on or, or all that so I, i'm trying to get to the content here a lot more and hopefully do some races in the future here but no it, it was not something that i imagined doing wow what was the what was the i guess the payoff like what was the what was you know this teacher you know uh, you had to do like it was like an hour long bus ride each way or 45 minutes each way you got home very late at night you know probably took time away from your studies and and other things that you had going just being a kid frankly what was the do you remember what it was like when you were 11 and you were going through this? Did it just kind of make you feel special that you had this talent for something and that people were recognizing or what kept you going and doing that? Yeah, that's a great question because uh, yeah, at that age, I, you don't, you don't know, you know, what uh, a lot of the things you're not mature enough. Uh, you're just small and you just want to uh, do things like other kids and play around and, and, you know, but I didn't have that much here because, well, I am the fourth of seven brothers and sisters and, and with just so many, I'm kind of in the middle. So me going um, every day to the city was more of like a routine kind of mm. like, I didn't really think on the, um, of the talent that I had maybe. Or maybe um, what I wanted to do in the future, I just kind of was like, okay, going to school, uh, go back and go for, um, you know, for, for the practices. And it was more of just the routine on that day and then the next day and then the next day. Um, just kind of, yeah, uh, the question is, yeah, thinking about it was more of um, just doing you know, I felt like uh, going to the practices at that age, it felt, it, it made me feel like I was doing something because practices at that time were not easy and still not easy. You know, yeah. you go there and you run and, and, yeah. and, and it all, do all these things. So I think just kind of, uh, I liked that part of like working myself physically and, mm. and also mentally uh, doing that. And I feel like that just kept me going um, as a, yeah, as a person, as a kid. I just wanted to go for practices and, and, and just get tired wow. <laughs> and it's kind of, yeah, it sounds kind of, but yeah, it was, the, I didn't have any thinking of anything. And that was that for like two years and I didn't, I wasn't good. Uh, the kids at sprinting, anything like that. Um, <laughs> I will do, yeah, 400 or 800 and I will get last. I will like, you know, that uh, usually the pain that you kind of get, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would get it all the time. And, <laughs> and I was just like, what am I doing this? But at the same time, I felt like it was a way for me to 
channel the fact that here at home, uh, well, life life was hard, you know. Um, so many brothers and and we just had to like. And my mom was like, "You need to go to school. You need to learn stuff in school." And it wasn't easy to like live uh, in a community where you know sometimes it was hard to get food at the table or something so I feel like at, at the same time that was something for me to get out uh, from that environment here and that just kept me going what do you uh, so uh, that's funny that you weren't very good at it what was the uh, two things so one is is how did you keep going because that that can't be easy just knowing like oh my god I'm getting my butt kicked every day but what did they I guess what was the incentive for the coaches because I have to assume you know, they were looking for the best, right? And so right. did they see something in you that you didn't, that you just weren't like, there was some potential there or like, why did they stick with you? Do you know? I think my coach, uh, because he, he exactly, he, he said the same. He was like, I don't, <laughs> I saw you. And I was like, I don't know what this kid is doing here, but I mean, she's just not good. You know what I, what we're thinking on, um, the nationals or something. So, uh, it wasn't actually, he was just like, I just kept going <laughs> to the practices and I was just like, I guess the kid that will do what everyone uh, will do. And I was, I just was always very quiet and I always did what coach told me to. Some kids, some girls will be like, no, I'm not doing it, I'm tired and they will stop. But I guess I always kept going even if I would be last. Wow. And I think that's what coach kind of like also kept me around because I was the one that always will finish um, running or whatever he was uh, playing or whatever he was uh, given us to do and yeah I don't know what I kept doing it because I wasn't good <laughs> but I did and so that's kind of yeah kind of just I kept going wow as how long did you how long did you train with this team um actually um I trained until I got it with my coach all the way until 18th uh, 17th years old yeah an entire wow. okay so yeah. you were there for six or seven years doing this yes wow that is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Did um was there talk at the time of like college scholarships? Was there a big payoff at the end for you? Were you thinking this like if I just do this then I can this is going to lead to this different life or was it just kind of you were just kind of like a kid thinking, "Well, I just get to go do races and this is better than what some of my friends are able to do." Right. Um, it was uh, the first two years. Um, no, I didn't think of anything. I just kind of got in marriage into this uh, routine every day. But um, in my like third, four year uh, or of being in the team, I ended up going. I qualified for the national championships. Okay. And he at home and in in my category that I was in, in like 12, 13 years old, I guess. And I ended up second in the 1200 meters. I ended up a uh, second place. Uh, the first girl like beat me for a really <laughs> long, uh, it was like a hundred meters. Wow. And I was just like, oh man. So, but after that, I came back here in my community at home. And um, I was very surprised to see the, uh, the response of the people. Mm. They will be like, oh, wow, you got second uh, at nationals. And I was like, okay. And then after that, I think that medal um, started everything. Like after that, I got a small scholarship here in my um, 
in my when in my city and then after that you know people will i will i was happy i guess because it's been like two years that i was just like getting back and then no happened you know just spending money going for practices and then when i got this medal of second place i ended up getting this scholarship that i used for my bus ride mm. uh, money and i was like oh okay well this is good now and i used it to for school sometimes or for things that i kind of um didn't have at that time and at that age so i kind of started seeing that possibility mm. and then next year was uh, even better i ended up first place in another event i guess the 800 and you know that scholarship kept coming year after year from there and i just saw a way to have i was like well because I kind of look at myself and the other kids and some of them will be like one year, two years, three years, and they will not have results. Yeah. And I ended up, um, I, I saw myself like not training, I guess. I will just do what coach told me to. And I was able to get, um, you know, a good place and good times. And I was like, maybe this is not too difficult for me and maybe mm. I should keep doing it. And also um, having that scholarship, uh, as small as it was at that time, it was for me great because I didn't have, you know, anything like it. And uh, yeah, I guess that was a big motivation for me to keep going. And also the fact that we will go, coach will take us to um, some meets out of my city. You know, okay. we will go to another state yeah. um, with kids and, and you will meet more kids from other states and, and you will travel to another uh, city here. And I that really... Because uh, I've never been outside of my community, so yeah. and it, it's so small that I was just like, "Well, this is all it is." But when I started going to these places, I really liked, uh, you know, just knowing more people in in places, and I really that was a huge motivation for yeah. me to keep going year after year. Yeah. What type of competitor are you? Well, like when you took second in that race, and the girl was a hundred yards in front of you, let's say, did uh, are you the type where uh, was that devastating? Like, were you crying afterward thinking, oh, you know, I'm terrible because I didn't win? Or were you like, wow, this is amazing. I took second place. Like, do you have a, are you, do you have a healthy competitiveness versus that sort of like, if I don't win, I lost kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, at that point, um, right now, I think I, I uh, have matured a lot in, uh, like you said, in, in the competitor that I am right now um, at this moment. But at that specific race, I I was like, well, it was great. I got second, okay. but it was not first. Yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, the place that everyone wants to get, you know. So I think I just, you know, that was just a lot of motivation for me to keep going. And next year, just wanting to be first um, at that specific meet. But right now, um, I think the type of competitor that I, because I think it's been, you know, sport is, uh, you learn so much from it. And every meet is different. Um, and you, uh, right now I set a goal for a certain meet, or sometimes even if you have a goal, you know, you never know what's going to happen that day at, this, at the specific time and in that race. And I always, I never, I, I try to be very realistic of, of myself. And, and yes, 
maybe have some high expectations maybe uh, because you have to, you know, if you want to uh, go above and beyond your limits, then you really need to wish for something big. But at the same time, you need to think of what's possible, where are you at? For instance, right now I got first on my Olympic trials. It was an event that I'm not necessarily working for, mm. which is the 1500. Um, I needed to get first just to um, reaffirm my my place, my time. But it wasn't a meet that I prepared. Uh, if I would got, have gotten like second or third, um, you know, it wasn't first. But at the same time, you know, that was that's where I'm at right yeah. now. Yeah. So yeah. So I think I'm more of like I, I think sometimes a lot, but I do try to really. Um, you know, just be very realistic and, and at the same time, never lose that um, dream or wish to maybe be an, uh, an awesome race in PR and, and have, you know, and run a 405, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the 15 or, or a four minute, who knows. But yeah, I think I'm a very, I'm, I don't know, I, I could just think a lot of scenarios and try to look for my mental like mentality to be um you know as as healthy as possible yeah because it, this is what it is after being in this sport for so many years uh you learn so much from from each day from each race and, and you just need to be very um you know um i guess like uh, broad thinking and, and really um, know yourself a lot well it's interesting you know coming from where you didn't step on the track from day one as the best runner, even on your team, you know, where you were losing, you sort of, I wonder if you brought sort of like a sense of gratitude as you started building your way up the leaderboard where you started, you know, taking third and second, and then all of a sudden started winning races. It was a very different perspective than had you stepped on the track the first time, been amazing. And then there's only one way to go you know, from the top is down. Right. So, um, right. did you have a sense for that where it was just like, you were very conscious. I mean, again, you were 11, 12, 13, you're very young. And so did you, did you, um, did you just get this sense of like, wow, this hard work is starting to pay off. Like it was your work that was doing it and your coaching and all of that. Or was it just a natural progression that you felt like, well, I'm here, therefore I need to get faster. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. It does. Uh, and it's a great, great question. Um, uh, so I, yeah, at that point, um, really I saw every time that I will, uh, a year after year, I saw that I needed to work mm -hmm. to get, um, I mean, I have, I think I have talent, but it's not that great talent that like you said, uh, an athlete that just steps yeah. out and runs an amazing times. And from there you just any event that you put them in, you know, they run awesome and it's crazy to see these athletes. But I think myself, it wasn't that, uh, you know, that case. And I saw that, you know, if I will do just what coach told me to, I will get that without many much, you know, some athletes go above and beyond. Yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, I've seen uh, some athletes doing that, but myself, I just will do what coach told me to, and, and that will get me uh, to a play to a good place. So I think um, year after year that I saw my progression, it was because, uh, because of that, because every time I will just keep working, 
working yeah. and when I will get second or third or fourth, I will be like, why, what happened? You know, why I was in that place and not maybe in first from last year. And I will be like, okay, well, maybe this time I didn't do this enough and that. And, and yeah, it kind of like, it made sense every time. And from there, it's been just that really is the work <laughs> that I've been putting on that has got me to what I'm at, what I'm at what I'm at right now. Yeah, it's amazing. My my son is a junior in high school right now and he he runs track and cross country and they just got a new coach this year in at their high school and the difference has been amazing. And in part oh, of it, wow. I think my son thought he was working hard until this new coach came in with very structured workouts and and he took like a minute off of his off of his mile oh, time. I mean, it, it, you know, really massive differences. And now, you know, he went from this sort of like, eh, you know, whatever, I'm not going to run in college. I don't care how well I do in a meet. And to all of a sudden where he's like looking at school records and thinking like, you know, can I get up there? And just the shift in mindset is so huge because he, he doesn't see, I think to your point, he didn't from the, from day one, he wasn't the fastest kid. He saw other kids as these like aliens, you know, that were running right. these amazing times. And now he's starting to run some of these times and he's starting oh, to recognize like, oh, okay. So it is a lot about hard work. There's certainly talent involved. Yes. And like you touched something really important, the person that came in and, and for some reason he probably, um, you know, now it, the, the work that he's doing with your son is, is working, you know, probably better or he just adjusted better than some other person. And because I think it happens with my coach too. Um, I've been working for him for so many years and, and I think that it's very important. The person that, um, is right next to you, working with you and having, yes, just a plan. And, and sometimes, you know, athletes, we're very different, uh, but if you get, um, right in with coach and the plan that is going to, then I think it doesn't matter if you're not an alien kid, you know, <laughs> you will get there eventually, but yes, you just need to have yeah. that kind of marriage with that coach person that is next to you working with you and things will happen. Yeah. So, okay. So you're a young teenager. Are you surrounded? Like, are you starting to see you mentioned your own scholarship and how, you know, even if it was just some pocket money, that was like sort of a game changer for you. Were you starting to be exposed to, um, you know, whether it was professional runners or people getting scholarships, like was, was the brass ring getting bigger and bigger in front of you? You know, like at what point do you start to realize, wait a second, there's, there's more to this running thing than just running. Like this could be a, a ticket to a completely different lifestyle for me. Yeah, um, it wasn't until I was like 15 years old okay. uh, when uh, every every year I, I got better and better. And like you said, I, I had to uh, compete. Sometimes I started to get um, times to go internationally, to go to a Pan Am Junior. Um, at, but at 14 years old, before I turned 15, I qualified for a, it was a, a uh, world championships under 15 years old okay. in thailand mm. so yeah so every, all the kids from from mexico all the sports i think it was like 35 sports that went there and so i ended up going there in in 800 and i think that race really 
just got me into the international stage at that age and, and knowing that, oh my gosh, like I could, you know, do something here and maybe, you know, because at that point I was like not even 15 and I was already in a, you know, internationally with other uh, countries and it, coming back, I, I got second place there. I, I guess like a British girl beat me in that race. It was for nothing. It was like literally, uh, really very little. Uh, but yes, at that point I saw probably, um, yes, something bigger than just a scholarship in um, yeah. pocket money. Yeah. yeah. My, my wife and I, we were watching uh, the uh, mountain bike cross country, uh, ITU cross country races over the weekend. And we've been watching this for years and there's all these these racers who are, you know, sort of mid-pack career people. And we were sort of having this argument discussion, you know, she's like, why do you keep doing it year after year? If you're like, you're not, you know, you're never podiuming or whatever. And I, and I saw it from the other perspective of like, wow, they're traveling the world. You know, they've got these sponsors, you get to bike race for a living. Where do you look at like as a professional runner now, and we'll get into sort of how you got there, but I'm curious because your expectations are one thing when you're 16 and you're looking at whether the Olympics or something else far off. And now that you're living it at 16, what, what was that perspective of being, whether it was collegiate or professional runner, was it, I want to be the best in the world was like, there's a percentage of, I'm just happy to be there and I want to be the best in the world, right? And right. so where was your head at in that mix? Yes, uh, you're, do you're, you're doing great questions. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. Yes, at that age, uh, man, I, you know, I was like probably 80% that I wanted to be the best in the world. Okay. But you know why? Because I was the best here. In, mm. in my country. Yep. So, and, and all I was in here and, and winning every year after year, now I was winning two, two medals. Um, you know, uh, I was competing in 800 and the 1500, 1200, 3000, and I was always winning. Yeah. So I thought, yes, you know, I'll be at the Olympics in 80, 90%, 100%, I will say, okay, I'm be, I'm going to be there. Uh, at that age, that yeah. was, that's what I thought. <laughs> but you know, the world is completely my my that completely changed. Like you have no idea. Once I went to the states, mm. once I got the scholarship, I got into the program, and I saw that oh my gosh, the how competitive it is over there, and I got emerged into this awesome culture that you guys have. Uh, awesome systems and man i was like okay <laughs> i think <laughs> this is not happening yes it, it was wow. really hard because all years all my life i've been you know i was here winning and having these times and and yes i saw some kids running a lot faster you know at the international level but it wasn't until I really got into the States where I was running with 300 girls or 250 girls. And I was literally 150, you know, it went 100 in front of me. 
a hundred behind me and I was the best of my country. And wow. I was like, you kidding me? Like why so many girls wow. and just in the States, you know? Yeah. So it, it was crazy. Uh, I can't, um, I almost kind of cannot put into words what I went through when that happened. It was, it was very um, shocking wow. uh, what I, what I lived. So that's interesting though. Do you, okay. So let me, let's, let's unpack that a little bit here. So do you, one, do you think that you would have been better at that same age? So you go to um, Kansas State, and I want to we'll, we'll circle back to that in a second about how you got to Kansas State. But now you're at Kansas State, you're mid-pack runner versus being the fastest runner in Mexico at your age group. Um, do you think had you grown up in the United States, you would have been faster at that same point with different competition, training, maybe nutrition facilities, that type of thing? And two, if not, if you don't think you would have been better, do you think it was an advantage for you to sort of grow up so you're 18 years old at this point, 19 years old, thinking at least in your mind you're the best, right? So you enter this, right. or maybe you would have quit when you were 15 in the United States, like thinking, well, I'm not good enough to be the best, so I don't want to do this anymore. Yes. Um <laughs> Again, another great question. <laughs> this is so awesome. Um, so, if I would have lived in the states, in the states, and having the same level uh, of that I had here, but in the states, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be running. Mm. I definitely wouldn't be running. Uh, it was just so many good people there, and I would be probably like, if I, if I wasn't good here when I was little, imagine. Yeah. Uh, being there right uh, probably i was you know and i am the i am i consider myself like i all, everything that i do i try to do the best i can mm -hmm. so but but if i have no chance like you know if, if the, like if i see that man um like I, really this is not my thing i think I, I could use my time to do some other things and you know that maybe i'm better at sure so yes if, if i will have the same um kind of like a lived, uh, I mean, if I would be born in the States and, and, and be looking that, man, I am like really far, you know, back, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be running. Definitely wow. not, not at that age. I would be like, okay, I need to study. I need to do some things that, you know, that I try to become better. But, yeah. but if I would be that, I was just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep going. But I think like, like the second part that uh, you asked me, uh, you know, knowing that I was the best here and then going back there, I think um, it probably just really, you know, because for years, I mean, imagine you having like, uh, you're probably, you know, eight years, seven years, knowing that you're the best of the best every year after yeah. year. And then, and then suddenly you're not, um, <laughs> that's, that's a huge, um, you learn a lot and you mature a lot when that happens. And I think you either mature or you either, you're like, okay, this is not happening. I'm not doing this again. Yeah. And it, it kind of, it kind of happened that to me because I, I went back, I, I went to the States and then I was like, okay, this is, I'm just not good, you know, <laughs> because it's, it, you know, I, I, I did, I played some good, I guess like eighth, seventh on my championships, big twelves mm -hmm. in Kansas State, but it wasn't anything like, you know, going into the regionals or the NCAA meet yeah. uh, the nationals. I I my last year I went uh, for the cross country, 
But other years I was just like, I don't think this is going to be my career. Mm. I'm just not good enough to, to be there. And I, I kept going in college because I had a scholarship and because I wanted to finish with my college uh, degree. But that really was that because I was, yeah. I don't think uh, the Olympic dream and it, it, what I thought before coming here, I don't think it's happening. I need to be way, you know, ahead and I'm not. And it was hard because I ended up uh, injuring myself a lot mm. too, having so many injuries, yeah. one after another, after another. And, you know, at the same time, I think it was me wanting to be very good, but I, I, it wasn't my time. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to like, you know, do it and be like, prove myself. But really, I came here because, you know, I'm a good runner and I don't see that and I want to be. And I think that got me a lot of uh, in trouble, you know, getting injured and, and uh, you know, most of the time. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's very interesting. Wow, that's it's interesting to think that, you know, because you had already had this experience of when you first went to this running team when you were 11 and you weren't good, but then you worked your way up. Did you think that there was sort of a, like your freshman year, let's say at Kansas State, did you see that? Like, okay, well, I'm just back here as an 11-year-old. I will get better and I'm going to start fighting my way up. Or did you sort of think, whoa, this is a totally different ball game. I'm happy to get my scholarship. Let me run for four years. And then it just goes. Or was there ever a moment in there in like your freshman, sophomore years where you were thinking, I just have to do the same thing and put in the work and I'm going to get to the top again. Yes, definitely. That's what I thought my freshman year. Okay. Yes. I came in there and I was like, man, I am back here and I can't believe that so many good people. Mm. And some of them not even thinking on the Olympics, they were just you guys just have just good, you know, athletes in all sports. And I was like, this is crazy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to work and work. And probably my first year, it won't be good. My sophomore year it will get better. And so year after year, I thought the same thing. And then, then reality came yeah. <laughs> and reality happened. It, and none of that was happening. I wasn't getting that good or, or, or I, as, as I thought, um, another year happened, uh, freshman, sophomore, um, and then I got to my senior year and I kind of wasn't the same, you know, mm. place, spot. And I was like, I, there, that's when I thought. I Almost like my, my third, fourth year, that's when I was like, you know what, this is not happening. Got it. Uh, I'm just way too far, I can't. Uh, but yeah, definitely my first two years, I was really into putting the work in and just, you know, working hard. Um, and so, yeah, when I was like, okay, my third, fourth year, I was like, no, this is not happening. I said to myself, okay, I may not be in the Olympics, you know, anytime soon, but I never stopped working. Yeah. That's something very, uh, that I speaks to me because, um, you know, I, uh, something funny, um, you know, I will see all these girls and they will have six pack, you know, I was like, man, I want a six pack. Like, you know, this is crazy. And then I, you know, I just, you know, coach my coach at the time, coach Smith, he will be like, you just need to work. He also was, you know, always just, you know, encouraging that just working, working all the time and it will, you will, will get there. So I remember he will be like, if you need, you know, if you want that res those results, you need to work. And so that's what I did back home too. So it wasn't really, you know, that different, but 
And my freshman year, I was like, okay, I need that six pack. I didn't have it. <laughs> Sophomore year, okay, I need the six. I didn't have it. But I never stopped working. And I kept working, working. And suddenly, like all these years that, you know, from there to now, I never stopped working on that, you know, to put, to say some details, you know, yeah. uh, I never stopped working. I just kept doing my abs all the time, all the time. And suddenly when, you know, I'm back here home and I wasn't really even doing abs and suddenly six pack is there. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened? But yeah. And so it was all the work, you know, that I did, you know, it was, it was, it was all the work that I did uh, from all these years, yeah. and it took me, man, a lot of years to um, to work on it, and and that just gets me, you know, so down to earth and and, and think, uh, you just, you know, um, yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> do you, do you think? Uh, well, let me, let me. I'll, I'll ask this in a second. So, going into Kansas State, um, did you look at any other colleges? Um, yeah, before going there, I think Arizona, Arizona okay. State, Arizona was, uh, look, uh, uh, they kind of contacted me and yep. I think Texas, Okay, Texas as well. Um, yeah, those two, I don't yeah. remember. I mean, it's in, you know, Kansas State, it's not a big school, but it's a big 12, you know, uh, conference school, you're, you know, division one, certainly the competition yes. is there. Did you think about like smaller schools, you know, in, uh, um, like D2, D3 yeah. types of things? No, okay. I didn't even think um, on a school really going it, it, for me to go and study in the States. It was something uh, also finding Kansas State and, and, my, and the coach, Coach Smith, who recruited me. Uh, it was something I think that also kind of just happened. Yeah. Really, he was, um, I was on the Montag event with, um, with a Mexican team. Okay. I was finishing my high school and Coach Smith went there with some of the athletes from Kansas State, but he was looking for another Mexican girl, mm. not me. Oh, that's so funny. So he had, <laughs> yeah, his eyes on this other girl, and I ended up going there and on her. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of like, that's, yeah, it was kind of, I was like, and I never thought of going to the States to um, not, comp not uh, studying really, you know? And when I saw this opportunity presented, it was something also very, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I have this opportunity. I never thought of it and, and never, I had so many schools here in, in Mexico that wanted me to go like Mexico City, like Monterrey, all these schools, but never, you know, on the States. Um, yeah. And so it was, it was something very different and, and again, kind of shocking to me to like think on that because I didn't have an idea of the culture there. And I mean, I'm from yeah. a small town and it was a huge um, opportunity that I saw that I was like, is this for real? Like, uh, like, am I like, I can't go there. So it was, it was really a um, big, big uh, yeah. decision that I, you know, yeah, it was, it was, I was very afraid. Did to, you, did to you feel, um, I guess, guilty at all of, of going to the United States for college, like you were turning your back on Mexican universities or did you like, did that was, was the, like, did, were any of your family or friends telling you like, no, you need to stay here and represent a Mexican university. Was that part of it? Did it, did you care or were you just sort of 
I just really want to go to the U.S.? Or how did you think about that? Yeah, some people did mention that, like, oh, okay, you need to stay here and, and, and compete here and, and blah, blah, blah. But I, I, myself um, and, and people, my family and people, my coach here, uh, they definitely were, you need to go. Okay. <laughs> you don't have here, you know, you need to go and experience something else. That Because my coach, too, he was like, listen, I have you from 10 years old and you're getting better and better. And I am afraid I'm not able to give you what you need now for, um, for, for the future. So you need to probably go there to another place where they will give you what you probably need to get, you know, where you need to get. So yeah, I, in myself too, I was like, if this is another opportunity, I was really afraid to, to get into another culture in, in something that I've never uh, seen or been yeah. uh, myself. But at the same time, I was like, I, I saw a huge opportunity and I was like, man, um, you know, what could happen? Maybe I don't adjust to it and I, I go back that, that, you know, that that's yeah. it, but I will try. And I definitely, I think it's one of the scariest moments in my life, um, <laughs> accepting it. Yes. Yeah. And, and, in going there in, oh my gosh, is is very different. Do you think that had you not been going away to this running camp for six, seven years at this point, do you think you would have gone to the U.S.? Like if you had still gotten to the same level of running, right? So the talent was there and you had coaching in your town, let's say, but you didn't have that experience of every day riding that bus and going away from home. Would you have had the guts and courage to go to Kansas State or do you think no? I don't think so. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, because of that, like you said, it's been like, yeah, five, it was like five, six, seven years that I was, you know, waking up so early, going into a bus and going to school and, and training. And at that point, 15, 16 years old, I was getting some good workouts in. And so we would get tired. And, and it was that, that also that made me, wanting to go there because yeah. I was like, okay, you know, it'll be, di it's a different, um, scenario. You know, I didn't have to, at least I will save, uh, four hours of my travel because I will end up in the day going four times to the city. And I was like four hours that I was losing, um, in wow. everything. So I, I wasn't sleeping enough. I was sleeping like three hours because I need to get homework done and waking up for the bus at 5 a.m. And it was, it was really crazy. So I, I, at the end of my high school, I really was looking um, for to, you know, to fix that. Yeah. Uh, but I never thought I was going to find that opportunity or I was going to be presented by this opportunity in the States. Wow, that's amazing. Amazing. How much English did you know when you got to Kansas State? Zero. Zero. Oh, yeah, my gosh. And and that's another <laughs> thing that, um, you know, I, I, I did the SAT exam, um, but I, well, I was on the mathematics, the physics in high school. So okay. I think those parts like got me because it's the same, you know, in English. Yeah. So I think that got me really high scores, but I, I didn't, I didn't know anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did the SAT and I, just passed, you know, I just, I don't know, it was 600, uh, 500 points. I don't know what I needed for just to get, okay. you know, with my scores yeah. to get into the program at Kansas State. Um, and I thought, because I, 
I got the score. I, I was like, okay, well, maybe I know some English. And then I ended up going to Kansas. And, oh my gosh, I didn't know. <laughs> I zero English. Like I could barely say hi to to people. Wow. It, it was yeah, it was it was really hard. So that was another big, big, huge thing that I got there, and I I don't know. I I you know they gave me this exam to see which classes of university classes I was going to be taking. Uh, well, I had it in the lowest level. I didn't pass and I was, I needed to get some English classes in yeah. and, and not just some English classes. I needed to get like four levels of English before I could take university classes. And that was something I was like, coach, I remember coach Mead said, he's like, oh, well, I didn't think that's going to happen. You, you've no English. You examine that and okay, well, look, let's try to, to get to, to, you know, to a good level. Hopefully you can, you know, maybe go, you know, kind of jump two levels of English. So maybe you can start because you just have five years, you know, yeah. in, in the university yeah. and you need to finish your degree and, and, and for competing to be eligible and all that stuff. So I was like, oh man, well, and what I did was, I didn't want it to have some other Spanish speaking uh, friends mm -hmm. because I needed to learn English. Yeah. I didn't know how I was like, man, I need to learn English. And yeah, I, I, I tried to emerge into the, you know, language as much as I could. And yeah, sure enough, I was, wow. I was good after my first semester. Okay. So you didn't want the crutch of having other Spanish speaking friends. So you, you just wanted, I want a hundred percent English all the time. I need to do this. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Cause I had some other um, uh, classmates from uh, China and they had all these friends and they, uh, they just, you know, spend time talking to them in, in, in Chinese. And, and man, when I was in the university after almost, I don't know, freshman, sophomore year, they were still in the program. Oh, interesting. And I was just like, this is, uh, people will tell me that. They were like, you should not, you know, you need to really try to learn if you want to finish your college. Yeah. And uh, that's what I did. I was like, that's true because, you know, because you're so afraid to talk and to learn and, and like, it's hard, you know, to, to learn another language. And I was like, well, but if you really put yourself, you know, into it, you, you, you will, you know, do it eventually. So with these friends in Spanish talking all the time that I will not, you yeah. know, get much far. And, and yeah, it was something good at the moment. But and then I ended up not having friends that, you know, like, you know, I, they would be like, you're here. And I was like, yes, I also speak Spanish and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they would be like. I don't know you. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> well, I didn't, you know, have friends at the beginning. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> well, it's tough. I mean, it's a double-edged sword because you, on one hand, you're away from home full-time for the first time. I'm sure you were homesick like crazy. You're purposely not surrounding yourself with much less other Mexicans, but just other Spanish speaking in general. And so you're, I'm sure you're, and, and you're in Kansas, like had you gone to Arizona, Arizona State, you probably at least would have much more of a cultural center that you could, like anytime you were missing home, especially Tucson, you know, there's a huge, huge Mexican and Spanish speaking communities down there, lots of, you know, Mexican culture, et cetera. But now you're in Emporia, or, uh, Kansas. Is it Emporia? Kansas. Is it, uh, what's the town it's no. in again? Uh, can, uh, Kansas City. 
Yeah, Manhattan. 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 There you go. Yeah, Manhattan. Manhattan Sorry, Kansas. Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, you're in Man- Manhattan, Kansas, which you know, there's probably not a huge Spanish culture there at all, but mm-hmm. it's what you needed to do to sort of, you know, to get where you needed to be. So you're, I mean, it, it strikes me you're, you've been this very, very mature person from the time you were 11 or 12, does your, like, was your family from day one pretty supportive of all of this? They had to have been in order for you to maintain this level of intense focus for so many years. Yes. Um, yeah, my, my mom, uh, always, you know, she, she, she saw me, um, getting into these meets and, and going for practices and getting all this exposure, I guess. And uh, she didn't have that opportunity mm-hmm. in any way, not even school. Um, same as my dad. They don't really have much level of school either because, you know, their families and, and, and back then. And so they will see uh, see me that I will have this exposure at, um, in academics and, and running. And they will, yeah, they, they always were very supportive and at the same time, always very worrying, you know, because I was, you know, a girl and, and getting into all these meets and, 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 and traveling and just having, you know, this exposure. At the same time, they were sometimes they were very protective and they yeah. were like, no, you're, you're not going to this meet or not. Um, you, you're not going there. My mom didn't want me to go to the States for sure. She was like, no, why are you, you it's too far away. Yeah. You don't know there. And, and it, it was, they were like, she's <laughs> like, no, you're not going. Um, my dad was like, if you want to go, then go, you yeah. know, but definitely they support much. My, my siblings, they were kind of, they were too, but I think at the point, um, everyone kind of just, you know, was, uh, having, just, just learning. Um, we were close, but at the same time, I think at very young, young age, like, like myself, I ended up, you know, having this routine very, um, like own kind of like, I would just, nobody else did it. The running, uh, just my little sister, she kind of wanted to go run at some point, but she didn't. So everyone was kind of just, um, even though we were young and we're two years apart, we were kind of everyone doing their own thing, kind of, mm. um, yeah, kind of a school. And, and my other sister kind of wanted to do some karate or something. Yeah. And then she didn't went. And I, and I always was running and everyone was just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you running? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just got run. And yeah, so it, that was kind of like interesting dynamic that we kind of just let everyone do, um, you know, what we were doing. And my parents were the ones that my mom, she's, you know, she will always, you know, will be like very worrying about every time I will leave the house. Oh my gosh, you're all again. Or when I will come back home at 10 PM or 11, sometimes in the last bus ride. And she will like, be careful, you know, all the time. But, um, but other than that, they were very supportive. And I think it's interesting because I felt like at that age, I was already like building, um, just a very independent, like, Uh, you know, at, at some point in my, one of my, my older sisters kind of like went with me for my practices. But after that, no, really, like I ended up, uh, going myself to take this, 
uh, long rides and all of that. And at, at some point, it was scary because I was a little girl, you know, 12 years old, 13. And the bus ride and, and <laughs> getting to, to the city and coming back at late at night. And I would, you know, usually like have the same routine. So it wasn't, it wasn't easy. I was something I would get very scared to, especially coming back at night, you know, very night. And, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, you better run. <laughs> I knew that I could run. So yeah. Was this, <laughs> was this just like a city bus, like a public bus, public train? Yes. Okay. Did yeah. you get to know like the bus drivers? Did, was anybody looking out for you on this? Not really, but they knew me, okay. you know, every time at that time I would be like getting there. But at the same time, I mean, there were people that knew me, but they were not like looking up for me, you right. know, kind of. Yeah. And that was like the scary part that I was like, okay. And I was always <laughs> trying not to, you know, I just pay and sit there and, and just be very aware of my surroundings all the time. Mm -hmm. And because these buses like go to the city, but like they make so many stops in the way like so many you know they stop here stop there stop there and and some of these places are very still smaller than mm -hmm. than where i live so it's like in in the middle of nowhere so it was like okay just yeah you know i always was like alert of what's going on and it was sometimes it was it was it was hard because sometimes you'll be very tired and you just want to sleep yeah you know for that hour but you can't because you need to be just aware so what's going on if you all by yourself and yeah that was kind of tough but wow. and, and so yeah i ended up getting kind of tired of, of that routine but as i got older um i ended up also like learning more like you know at first i had this same routine but and then later i was like okay today i'm gonna wait 30 more minutes and i'm going to go um later okay but i'm not gonna be at the same spot and i ended up myself like for some reason i don't know at that point why you know i was just like i i don't need to do my same routine i and i liked it because you know i wasn't uh i was like okay they don't expect me <laughs> here, yeah. at, here at this time today so yeah it was just all the time kind of like being you know always aware wow. of what's going on yeah it's amazing you know <laughs> The, the way that kids are growing up today versus the way that, um, you know, you're much younger than I am, but what you're describing, and I'm a boy, obviously, so, like, I don't know that the girls were growing up as free in the United States at the time, but, you know, I mean, it we would think nothing of it to get on our bikes and ride 10, 20 miles, you know, away from the house, you know, at 10 years old or whatever. So it was, it was a very unsheltered existence in the eighties in the United States. And, and, mm -hmm. and it sounds like you sort of had that same, it's so scary as a parent now with, you know, I have a, I have a daughter, I have a son, they're both teenagers. I don't know that I would let my daughter certainly do what you did, but at the same time, looking how you've all parlayed that into making these very adult decisions in your life. Again, we'll get to the second half of your life here in a minute, but it's so like, speak to me as a, you know, as, as, you know, like the daughter of a father, obviously, like what, what should parents hear about your experience in what it taught you? So yes, it was scary. Yes. It was maybe dangerous, would you recommend that life for other kids? You know what I mean? Like, 
was it yeah. was it right and good that your parents allowed you to do this because it opened up all of these op- other opportunities, or do you feel like maybe you just sort of lucked out that nothing terrible ever happened to you? Yeah, um, it's a tough, <laughs> it's a tough <laughs> question <laughs> because um, I think yes, at that point uh, now, if like like you just mentioned, it, like my mom will say, she'll be like, man you know, you cannot just go into the bus by yourself and come back so late. And I don't know, you know, I, I cannot be there with you, protect you. And at the same time, um, I feel like at that point, she didn't also have that possibility of going with me. You know, yeah. she needed to stay at home with my other, my, you know, with my other siblings. And, and, and so I think it was really hard for her to let me go. And, and it was scary for me too, because many, many times I, you know, I was, I, I wanted somebody with me because uh, it was very scary yeah. doing it all the time. Um, but, but I guess, um, kind of, I don't know, you kind of put me in the spot, like if I recommend <laughs> that, because I don't think it's, it's really that, you know, like the, the question of like, if I recommend it or not, I think, uh, in my case it happened because you know, that, that, that was it, you know, yeah. it was not other option. And I also like, you know, I, I, I was like, hey, sometimes I really, I didn't want it to because, uh, I was like, this is very like, sometimes you'll see, you know, the same person and then looking at <laughs> what could you do? You're 12, 13 years old. And sometimes I will be like, no, <laughs> I don't want to go today or, or something, but at the same time, I, I didn't have another option. Yeah. You know, I, that was the only option I had and, and I needed to really, you know, uh, like, like I said, try to find other ways to put myself in, in a safer situation, but I didn't really have another choice at that mm. point. And that's what it was. And, and I guess my mom same, she didn't have another choice, but, let me go because she couldn't go with me yeah. and uh she couldn't also just you know kept me there because that's what happened to her you know she stayed at home all the time she never went to school she never like learned things and so she also was like you need to learn yeah. and, and and all she did was you know just trying to do the best she could and and same with me so really i i think it's just you know the situation that you don't find yourself and like right now i wouldn't do that with my kid right like <laughs> if i have a daughter i no way i i will go with her and i will you know be be there and, uh, and trying to like you probably you know because yeah. yeah like you wouldn't want you know that but like i said when you don't have another option then <sighs> what you do it's so difficult to weigh that because I hear you loud and clear, right? That's the, that is what everybody would expect the answer to be. But at the same time, by you accompanying your daughter and, you know, and, oh, it's okay. And, you know, you're there. Like there was, there's benefit when you had a bad practice or you had a bad race, there was maybe a benefit to not having somebody giving you a soft shoulder on the way home. Like you had to sit there in your mind for an hour and think about, how bad you did and how you want to do better. And you know what I mean? It's like you, you're your own worst critic, I'm sure. And so having yes. that, it's tough. 
Exactly. And like, like you just mentioned right now, I feel like if I wouldn't gone through in my life, I wouldn't be the person that I am no. today. Definitely no not. I will not. I see it with my uh, nieces now, you know, they, they like, why they don't run, you know, why they don't uh, run with you and stuff. And I, I, I took him some, sometimes with me. I was like, okay, let's go. And, and maybe you, you guys like running, right? And, and they went, they, two of them, they're like 12 years old right now. And then they are the only daughters of my sisters. <laughs> so I took them with me and, and, and it was like two, three days. And after that, my sisters were like, no, you're not taking them with you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why? Like they do well, you know, they run, they have this exercise and all this stuff. And they were like, no, it's too hard for them. Um, it may be, you know, like, no, um, yeah. It may be dangerous, you know, like they need to be here with me, like all this protection around it. And I was just like, man, like, that's why, you know, <laughs> sometimes like if you don't let, you know, uh, your kids, I guess, like, but again, like, I mean, at that point in my case, I didn't have another option, you know, yeah. but because of that, I, I am the person that I am right now in, and. And yeah, I mean, I guess it's just hard, but I can see that. I'm like, man, if, you know, if you don't let, like, at that young age, so many things that happened, uh, you, I mean, you know, I guess, I don't know, it's it's interesting, but yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to be the sharp blade, <laughs> but nobody wants to go through the process of sharpening, right? That grinding and grinding and grinding and we all want the sharp knife, but nobody wants to do the work to get it that way. And it's it's tough because I, again, I you know, you would never draw out your life on paper and say, this is the way you should do it. But at the same time, it worked. It made you who you are. It made you, uh, you know, able to go from this small town in Mexico and have the guts and courage to go to Kansas State and not knowing English and to force yourself into immersing yourself into that life and, you know, going from this sort of like, you know, mid-pack runner, well, national champion to mid-pack runner, and then we'll get into the next part here. So um, so you're, you finish your career at Kansas State, and so I think you did what most American athletes, you know, collegiate or, you know, high school athletes, like we, we spend so much of our time growing up on sports. Sports, I think, even still today, probably gets in an outsized portion of time spent on youth, knowing that 1% or far less than 1% go on to make money in sports, we spend half of our childhoods playing sports and learning and, and all of this stuff. But then whether it's your senior year of high school or it's your senior year of college, it's sort of, you take all of that experience and you put it up on a shelf and you say, well, that was fun. Now I'm going to go on with the rest of my life. And so is that kind of how you looked at it? Like you finished your career at Kansas State and said, it got me an education. That's great, but I'm done. Or were you thinking like, well, maybe, maybe there's something else here. Where were you at at the end of your career? Oh man. Yes. At the end of my, my career, I was in a very, uh, um, I will say kind of, kind of bittersweet position, um, with the sport because I it wasn't what I thought or what I planned or or or, or their why I came in the first place to the states, which was uh, going to compete and, and be the best um, of the best again for my country and you know maybe go to the Olympics. So that didn't happen, and I ended up I, I you know it was not even that uh, I was 
you know, I had this history of injuries that didn't really look well. Um, like if I will think on the future, you know, after that. So I was kind of very like, I was like, man, if I want to keep going after right now, uh, it doesn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> I have all this history of injuries and I am not, I don't have good times right now. Um, also, I don't, I didn't have the money either to pursue, you know, the running uh, because I didn't have a uh, good timing yeah. times. So I was like, I'm not getting any sponsoring here in the States. Um, and so at that point, I was, okay, what I have is uh, my career, my college, which is, you know, I ended up uh, getting a food science and industry degree. Um, and for sure, there was there is a lot of work in that kind of like sector of the um, industry, you know. Um, and yeah, describe, I, describe what food science is. Is that more nutrition or is that more, like, is it more on the cooking side of things or the nutrition side of things? No, it's more on the process of uh, of things, on process of uh, the food okay. getting into the shelves. Yeah, but oh, a big, okay. big scale. Like, you know, Coca-Cola, getting okay, all the... Okay, so consumer you know, packaged yes. goods, CPG yes. stuff. Okay, got it. Got all it. of that. Yeah, all of that. And so I really... Uh, that was something that I really enjoyed. Like, um, I, I am kind of like grateful too, because first I wanted to do um, something civil engineering or something. I wanted to study something else, yeah. but I ended up getting into the food science uh, mm -hmm. degree and finishing it. And I really, really like it. Like the, the, you know, uh, all the studying and the practices that I did on, I really, really have, I really like that. Mm. So I was like, you know, I ended up um, having this degree. What I do now, I think, you know, I should probably just to do what everyone does and get out, uh, you know, a job and, and, and learn more about my, you know, what I studied and, and I really liked it. So really it wasn't much of uh, wanting, wanting to be an athlete anymore. It was really just, you know, shifting that path already. Like, you know, I have a degree and I am bilingual and I want to learn and I like my career. So I want to do it. And yeah, that's what I did kind of. Um, and I thought, you know, Kansas State gave me that, you know, part of being a bilingual and finishing my degree and I just wanted to put it uh, yeah to work and so that's that's what I really I, I did I, it wasn't really um shooting to be an athlete anymore because yeah. you know all the possibilities were just not there yeah. What is the, um, what's the legality when you go from Mexico to a college, um, like visa wise and all of that stuff, what is your ability to stay in the United States and work after college? Yes. So because I studied, uh, my full career in the States, I had my student visa, mm -hmm. right? But after that, my career was food science, like kind of like, um, it fitted into the research and uh, that type of scientific um, career, kind of. So that specific career, along with engineering and all that stuff, um, I was able to, because I studied that, I was able to get like a permit, okay. three-year permit, just to work, but just on my, or what is it? Like in this case, I just was able to get a job. Either um, I ended up working as a QA, uh, quality assurance, and so it was uh, uh, within my career, uh, kind of like umbrella. So yeah, 
that was a, I had a three year permit. So that's what I wanted to explode. Okay. Really. And is that arranged through your employer? Is that, um, is that kind of how yes. it works? The first year, it kind of it is arranged with the university because okay. you're kind of finishing uh, yep. with them. So you have like a full year that they really take care of that. Okay. Um, that year, at the university. Then after that, that year, you need to yes. Now that you have an employer, uh, uh, he, they need to like um, it's not a visa, but they do just some paperwork to uh, to stay working. And then I, you know, I I am employee there and, and blah blah blah, but. That uh, kind of gets tied with the immigration. Uh, yeah, with the university, uh, it's a little connection there, but not really. It's it. more my employer. And, yeah, so that for three years. Okay, yeah, I was just curious about that. Okay, so you end up, did you go to Chicago? Is that where you ended up after? Yes, okay. I ended up um, having a, a job, uh, my first one in Kansas. Um, it was in a restaurant. And then I went uh, to Chicago because... Uh, bigger opportunities, yeah. uh, better job. And then I ended up moving to Seattle, Washington. Okay. Uh, because again, um, I was, it was another big opportunity there. And the best one I had being in the States as, as a employer, as an employee, sorry. Um, it was the best job that I've, mm. <laughs> that I've had at that for a year. That was, that was awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, I had to move to Seattle. Okay. That. So you're living in Seattle. You, what's your life like in Seattle? So you're not running at this point, right? Or just maybe just running for fitness? Is that kind of how? Yes. You, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I ended up just running like every other day in the weekends, really. Uh, my main focus was working and I will, I was a QA uh, manager at that, that third year of my, uh, already of working there in the States. And so I ended up, uh, most of my job at the point, because in Chicago, what's a lot of in the floor in, in, you know, in the um, facility, I was a lot hands on um, in the actual uh, process of the line of the book um, that I was working with. We were working, I was with snacks, you know, all that almonds covered with chocolate and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, really good. Yeah. <laughs> we got to try all of it. <laughs> so that was nice. And so, uh, but in Seattle, I was more of an, a managing position. Okay. So I ended up mainly uh, working on my computer and on my desk. And uh, eventually I will go to some uh, of the facilitators, facilities that we were working with. Uh, we were uh, the brand of the product. Uh, we were, yeah, like, some other facilities will make our product. And so, but may, most of the time, it was great job, like the best you can imagine. Uh, the working people was amazing. There were, we're not many, we were like around 15 people, just the entire uh, a business really uh, of the company. But, you know, I think it's something interesting happened when I moved to that position, position was better pay, um, and, and it better really, you know, the job, but I ended up, uh, sitting on my desk and my computer most yeah. of the time, like every <laughs> sure. day, all the time. And, and I was like, man, like at first I really loved it because I was coming from Chicago and, and being on my feet all the time. And I, you know, I'm an athlete. I really love that, but uh, the pain wasn't very good. And, you know, I wanted to have uh, something better, you know, and, and I ended up here in Seattle and first it was good. But and then, man, as the year went by, um, I just started running more in, in when I started that job because I was all the time on my computer, yeah. 
and just sitting all day for, for lots of hours. And I was like, no, I need to go do some more running. And I ended up running more and more. And I ended up running a marathon in Seattle, the rock and roll marathon. Okay. Uh, with not, with real, literally no training, <laughs> going once in a while for a run. And it was, I was running like three miles, <laughs> like very little. But um, I ended up running this marathon. And I think after that, after running, that was the most painful experience that I've had in, in my life on the running. Um, I, after that, I, I wanted to run more. I was yeah. like, what made listen. you run the marathon? Um, the fact uh, it was really, well, <laughs> I had a boyfriend at the time and okay. he kind of made me do it. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> he kind of was like, I don't know he was kind of also into the running, but he was like, let's do it. And he also wasn't really training much, yeah. but I was just like, I, I almost, you know, was like, I forgot, you know, almost about running and uh, he kind of made me do it, but it was very interesting because after running that with no training, I kind of, that was kind of like the, I don't know, the light that made me go back into running yeah. and my job, of course, because I was sitting all the time. So I yeah. wanted to like keep running. And uh, so I ran three thirty, three hours and 30 and yep. 29, I think. And I qualified for the time in Boston. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I was like, listen <laughs> i can run next year maybe if i train right now you know i can do it and i kind of like myself i started like training i guess like uh, i i knew that i needed to do lots of lots of distance so i i i started running a lot more do you, know, do you that, know how many was, people just smashed their phones listening to this podcast that on your first <laughs> try with no training, you qualify for Boston? <laughs> There's so, so many people was, <laughs> who are yelling at you right now. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was funny because, you know, I almost was like two years of no running. And then when, when that happened, I was like, you know, this is fun. I like running. Yeah. So I will just try <laughs> to do it again. And yeah. yeah. So like you said, the, my boyfriend said the same. He was like, you just qualified. He ran like <laughs> almost six hours or something. And he's like, you really qualified. Like you can, you know, yeah. wow. Like, and I was just like, well, I really like running. And I really saw it because I really, the, the running, uh, um, you know, all the emotions that I had before, like came back there, like all that. Um, yeah. Like that, I don't know, competitive, like, when you go run for a long time and all as, you know, as hard as you can, like all those emotions kind of like, you know, they were there and yeah. I didn't know. And, and, and after running the marathon, I was like, man, I really want to run again. And yeah. fr from there, everything started. Uh, yeah. For until now, which I never thought it was going to happen. And suddenly I was running, you know, 15 miles, uh, 13 miles and, yeah. and at a really good pace. And I was just like, and Seattle weather is awesome because it's always like cloudy yeah. and um, and rainy, so it's perfect for running. And I was like, "This is awesome!" And and I just kept doing it. And I was like, "Man, I'm running all these miles now, and at this pace, which in college, you know, I was, I was, it was really hard for me to do this, yeah. um, or it was not easy." And then I ended up thinking, maybe I should go back to running. Yeah, <laughs> again. 
And, but at that point, it wasn't an option because I had a job, I had my apartment, I had my car, I have all these things that I needed to take care of at the moment and my job especially, you know. Um, so it was, it was something very interesting how just kind of things happened. Um, I didn't plan it. <laughs> so, you're, so you're thinking you should go back into running, but were you thinking about it like, like running, running, or were you just thinking, oh, I'll start doing more marathons? Um, I, uh, well, yeah, I kind of, some part of me wanted to like, I, I kind of thought on something bigger than just, you know, run some marathons and some and run that time that I was running. Uh, but at the same time I was like, I don't think right now, you know, my age, you know, I'm getting older. Um, I'm not, you know. I haven't run competitive at a high level in a long time. So my reality wasn't very good. But um, I kind of, you know, at that point that I really liked it, I just really went, I was just doing it really because I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I enjoy running and, and, and yeah, just to myself. And, and I kind of was something at work kind of, um, sometimes I would get very stressed you know, uh, being in the computer all the time and, and, and managing a lot of paperwork. And I felt like the, the running was something, another like goal or, or, or something that I had there yeah. different from yeah. work. So that really is excited me to, 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 to do that. But really I wasn't thinking on yeah. some part of me. I was like, maybe I, in, in my, like, I was like, in my youth, I was pretty good at home, but I don't, I, I don't think right now it's, you know, it's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, kind of that, that never went away. Kind of was yeah. there. All the did time. you miss, did you miss, um, what did you miss more when you started to run again? Was it the competition? Was it the activity of running or was it the, um, I guess the accomplishment, you know, like right. that sort of triangle of, you know, you just the, the, because you could have, one of the things that, you know, I think I've certainly become attuned to over the decades is, you know, the farther away you get from, um, for me, it was high school for you, it was college, but that you miss competing, you miss matching up against somebody physically, you know, there's in business, obviously you have lots of ways to compare yourselves and all that stuff. And that's important, but there's also that physical competition. So there's that. And then there's just the joy of running, which I think we all, everybody listening here has running or riding, but then there's just that, that satisfaction. And as you said earlier, like just beating yourself down and just, you know, like forming yourself into that sharpened blade, I guess. Yes. Um, it was first, uh, like you mentioned, I started with just the joy of running again. Mm -hmm. And then once that happened, um, I really, you know, enjoyed it. But and then all these emotions, like like you just mentioned, the competitive side on you, they they're running this mile, it's six minute pace, and then and, and then under, and not just one, and then another mile, and another mile, and you keep running, and that all those emotions like really were creeping on me. Like I was just, you know, having that more often than than usual, and I was like. And that's what made me like think maybe I should go back into like running yeah. because I had that. And that was something very powerful, very, um, I think I, I didn't know, you know, I had it until it happened to me uh, personally and emotionally. It was very uh, powerful. I will just get into these runs and, and just 
cruise, you know, mile after mile, I was like, this thing felt good. You know, yeah. I want to do it again. <laughs> and um, it was the pure, um, you know, joy of, of doing it and, and having, you know, you, you, you see your body and, and your, your, you know, step going and going and going at that pace and, and you getting tired and mentally, you know, it, all that stuff really, really got me into. And I was like, I think I like running more than, than, than I think I do. Yeah. And, and probably maybe I, I'm not too far from trying to do it again. And at that point that was more, uh, like I said, powerful than being sitting on a desk for mm. eight hours in a computer. Like I was like, I'm getting older and I'm having this routine on my, like I saw my, uh, at my job for like next five years in the same desk and yeah. in, in, in the same computer and in the same uh, job and same, you know, because I feel like, uh, at that, after a year in my job, I kind of learned what I wanted to or what I could. And so I, I ended, I fall, I felt into this routine very, you know, like, yeah. And I was like, man, I'm, 20 something years old and all I'm going to do is this. Yeah. I was like, no, like it should be something more and running definitely, um, was, you know, I was getting all these emotions, like personally, uh, you know, so different, like never felt something like that, but running, you know? And so I, that's what really made me think of getting back. Well, that will do it for part one of the Laura Galvan interview. So uh, she and I got to chatting. I looked down. It was about three and a half hours in. I just decided, what the heck, let's just split this into two parters. Uh, and so listen at your leisure. Um, just such a great, great story. First half, obviously, we covered her early childhood and uh, getting onto the college racing scene. Uh, and then part two, she goes back home to Mexico Um deals with some struggles and some tribulations and then winds her way in, in frankly, in an accelerated fashion onto the Mexican Olympic team. So it's a great story. Be sure to tune in for part two. It's fantastic. Uh, you will dig it. Thanks again to Laura Galvan for sharing her amazing story. You can find her on Instagram at Gal, Gal Lau. So it's G-A-L underscore L-A-U. Uh, so it's at Gal Lau. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We do a special post for each episode on Instagram. So look for the post for episode 43 with a picture of, of um, Laura. If you have comments or questions, we are at Athlinks or shoot us an email to podcast at athlinks.com. Share it with friends far and wide. Give us a review if you dig it. And until next time, happy racing, everybody. <laughs>